And we're going to Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 to 23. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way as you judge others, you will be judged. And with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your own eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite! First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck in your brother's eye. Do not give the dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to the pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your sons ask for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is a gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for the false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but bad tree bears bad fruit. And it is cut down and it is thrown into the fire. Thus, by your, their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Good morning, everybody. My name is Scott. I'm the pastor here at Trinity Church Pracker. Really great to be with you this morning. Uh, do you remember going to the first big concert that you ever went to? Uh, I remember mine. Mine was going to see REM. Um, this isn't a picture of the day, but same tour. Um, you know the band, don't you, REM? They um, had some big hits back in the day, like Losing My Religion, Everybody Hurts, End of the World as We Know It. Um, 
If you listen to Triple M, you're bound to come across a few of their hits throughout the day. Uh, I was, a, I still am a huge REM fan. Love it. Uh, love their concert. Love their music. I want to tell you about one of their songs. Though. This song is not one of their hits. Um, it's called New Test Leper. And in the song, the singer quotes a part of the Bible that we just read from. I'll put up the lyrics on the screen for you. Here they are. They say, Judge not lest ye be judged. What a beautiful refrain. But the studio audience disagrees. Have his lambs all gone astray? You catch his point there, don't you? In the Bible, we just read it. We get this, this verse. Jesus says, don't judge or you too will be judged. And that's a really lovely thing to say. But according to REM, it's, it, it seems like Jesus' followers disagree with him. They do judge. And so the question is, are they just then Jesus' lambs that have gone astray? I think this is one thing that our society sees as a, as a big evil today. Judgment, judging others. It's one of the worst things you can do is to judge someone. Uh, one of the bad character traits you can have is that you, be, that you are too judgy. And we often hear people say things like, Hey, don't judge me. And at different times, that accusation has been thrown at Christians and the church too, hasn't it? That we're out of step, we're too moralistic, we're too judgy. So, is REM right? Have we, have Jesus' lambs just gone astray? Do we need to stop and pay closer attention to Jesus' words here? Well, of course, it always does us good to pay attention to Jesus' words. Um, and I reckon to do that and to understand this question, we need to hear not just the verses, that, that, that one verse that Ariane quotes, but we need to hear what's around it. We need to hear the context, and that will help us understand what the verse is actually saying. That's what we're going to do today. So, let's get into it. The main driving force in this passage actually comes in verse 13 and verse 14. Now, Rosie just read it. These two verses, they shape how we ought to understand everything around it here. I'm going to read them out for us again here. It says, verse 13, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. See, Jesus is saying here that there are two roads, and only really two roads you can take in life. Two paths, two journeys. One is the easier path, the easier road. It's got a wide gate, so it's easy to get onto. The path is broad, it's hard to fall off the road, and there's just more people on it, so it's a popular thing. The other path is harder. gate is smaller, harder to get into. The path is small, it's hard to stay on. There's only a few people there. It can be lonely at times, you're feeling different. But it's this other path, the harder path, that's the one to be on. Jesus says... Be on the narrow road. It's not hard to figure out what he's saying here, is it? He's saying, following me puts you on a different path in life than everyone else. And because you're on a different path, this narrow path, it's, it's going to be difficult. You're going to be different. You're going to stand out. It's not the easy path in life. I remember uh, moving from primary school to high school from primary school to high school 
in primary school, uh, it was it was a familiar territory for me. I was um, I had a lot of friends there. I, I I I knew people. I knew what was going on. But my parents decided to send me to a high school where none of my friends were going. I remember on that that first morning of of high school, then having this kind of like a, a, a dull kind of sickness in my guts, of full of nerves and. And I got to school and it just felt like everyone here knows everyone else. Everyone knows who's who. They all know what's what. And here I am. I'm an outsider. I'm the one who knows nobody. I don't belong here. Jesus is saying, if you follow me, that's what life will be like at times. You're on this different path in life. So don't be surprised when you feel like you're the odd one out. Have you ever felt like this in your life? That following Jesus makes you stand out from the rest? Because you've got different beliefs and different values and different ways of deciding what's right and what's wrong. And so in your workplace or your group of friends or in the classes you're at or perhaps even in your own family, you just feel different from the rest. You've got different ideas about money and, and lifestyle and the hot topics of the day. And, and sometimes that even leads to clashes and disagreements. Have you ever felt that reality in your own life that's hard isn't it 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 is so why would anyone bother with this narrow road then why bother walking the different path in life when it's so difficult why not just give in and walk the easy road jesus says you walk the narrow path you follow me because the destination matters The destination matters. Look again at the verses. Where does the broad, wide, easy path in life go? Jesus says it leads straight to destruction. Jesus says it leads to the judgment of God. But the narrow mode, now now, it might be harder, but Jesus says this leads to life. This leads to the true life, the life that is given to you by God. I used to live in a place in New South Wales called Newcastle. And coming out of Newcastle, there's, there's, there's a great road, a really, really fun road to drive on. It's called the F3 Freeway. And it's great because there's no traffic lights. It goes on for a long way. 110, you can zoom along, three lanes. You're never getting stuck behind a truck. This is an easy road to be on. The problem? When you get to the end of the road, you end up in Sydney. Now, I'm not having a go here. I guess I am, actually. I had to live in Sydney for four years, but just this last week, they they came out with the top ten cities, top ten most livable cities in the world. Adelaide, number three. Sydney, not even on there anywhere. (laughs) Easy road, but who wants to go? Horrible destination. Compare that when I was much younger. My parents would take us on this road called the Waterfall Way. And let me tell you, the Waterfall Way is not a great place to drive on. The road is, is twisty and windy, and multiple times driving along here, I felt car sick. It's going up a mountain, so you've got to keep you know, popping your ears to deal with the changes in, in, in altitude. And it's, it's narrow as well. I remember kind of driving up there, Dad's driving, and I'm peeking over the edge going... Gee, if dad sneezes or just loses the wheel a bit, there's a long way to go down there. 
trucks would go up and down this road. You get stuck behind one of them and you're just going to go slow for a long time. Not a nice road, but at the end, there's Dorigo. They have this mad national park. It's fantastic to go to. Um, and this, this, they, have, they call it the Skywalk. It's a lookout. You just walk along and basically you, you're above the treetops and you can see for ages and ages and ages. It is spectacular. Not a nice road, but destination is great. The destination matters. And look, this is just an illustration, but you get the point, don't you? Um, with Jesus here, however, this is, this is not a, a trivial thing, right? This isn't just about preferences and, and preferring nature over concrete, preferring the country over the city. This, Jesus says this is a matter of, of life and death. It's, it's a matter of eternity. Jesus says this is a matter of heaven and hell, friends. The narrow path is the only one which leads to life. This is heavy stuff. Maybe it's heavy for you. It really is. Um, let me just take a quick aside then. You might be here today and um, you're not really on board with this whole Jesus thing yet. Um, and if that is you, I just really want to say, welcome. So great to have you here. We're so glad you're with us. We hope you find that it's warm. We hope you're welcomed well. We really are glad that you're here with us. And we want to say we're totally convinced that Jesus is this one. Jesus is the one who, who, who reconnects us back to God. He's the one who, who gives us the life that we're made for. He's the one who gives us true and lasting life. And so we just want to invite you to keep coming back here. Um, we wanted to invite you to keep digging into Jesus and, and figuring out what is Jesus about because if he really is the only one who can lead you to life, then we, we just so want you to know about him. We'd love to sit beside you as you think through this question for yourself. And who knows, maybe, maybe you'll make that decision to walk the narrow road, to follow Jesus with your life. It matters, Jesus is saying, it matters which path in life you walk down. Jesus is telling us, it matters which path you walk down because following me leads to life. But it also means you're on a different path than most people. So it's not going to be easy. You are going to stand out. You're not going to be like most of the people and it's going to get hard. So my question then to you is, if you are following Jesus, what do we do? What do we do when we, when we do disagree with those around us and when we disagree strongly, what do we do when we feel that tension of walking on the different path? What do we do? Here are some options. We could cave in. We could just give up what makes us different and kind of just become like those around us. That is, we could walk from the narrow path and just jump back onto the wide and open path. We, we could do something else. We could try and, and, and fight back. We could... I guess act like we're the victims here and, and, and be up for a battle, be ready for the fight, whatever the issue of the day is. It's like kind of being on the narrow road but picking up the stones and trying to throw them at those on the, the wide road. Another option, we could just try and fly under the radar. Hope that nobody notices that we follow Jesus and just avoid those clashes that we don't like. Be like walking along the narrow road but finding all the trees to hide along as you go up there so nobody notices. 
oh, you don't need me to tell you this, but we can all see the problems with those, can't we? And we all know there's a better way. To keep walking down the narrow path, not caving and not trying to hide it, still, still going, following Jesus. And when the differences show, when the differences come, we don't fight back, but just gently, lovingly, patiently, speaking about why we've decided to follow Jesus. Gently, lovingly, patiently, giving the reason for the hope that we have in him. That's what Jesus wants us to do. And as we do this, we're going to need each other, aren't we? We're going to need to walk alongside each other. There might be only a few of, few on this path, but but it's not empty. We're, we've got each other. See, Jesus doesn't call us to be his followers and then just make us little islands on our own. He, he, he brings us together as a church. We need each other. I told you earlier about me going to high school and feeling like I was the outsider, the odd one out. I didn't stay like that forever, thankfully. Um, but also, it wasn't like that at the start either. I kind of left out, I was a bit cheeky, I left out a detail, one crucial detail, and, and, and here it is. There was one friend who went from my primary school to my high school with me, one friend. And he felt the same as me, like... We got to high school and he felt like an outsider like I did. He felt like he didn't belong just like I did. How do we get through those first three weeks? Is, is that we, we, we walked that new path together. We needed each other to, to keep us going. Look, over time our friendship groups grew bigger. But, but, but without him there at the start, it would have been tough. So tough. Friends, as we walk the narrow path in life, as we follow Jesus in life, we need to remember we are not alone. Following Jesus means we're on a different path in life. It's not easy. We're going to be different to most around us, but we have got each other. So I want to say, friends, look out for one another. Keep praying for one another. Keep caring for one another. Keep supporting each other. And when you see that someone's doing it tough, throw the arm around. Comfort one another when it's hard. And spur each other on so that none of us gives up and, and just walks back to the easy path. We've got to keep going. What a, we're responsible for each other to keep going as well. Following Jesus is hard, but that is the way to true life. In Matthew chapter 7, that's, that's the real key thing that we've got to grab hold of. That following Jesus puts us on a different path in life. And be different from most of the people in Adelaide, making different choices. We have different values. And all of this means we're going to be making different judgment calls in life. This really leads us on to the second thing we hear from Jesus here. Is you're going to be making different judgment calls in life, but don't be judgmental. Let me explain this. Because it might sound at the start like Jesus saying, no, no, you can't make any judgments at all. Look in verse 1, he says, Do not judge or you too will be judged. But he's not saying you can't ever make a decision. You can't ever make a judgment call. He's not saying that you just have to accept everything no matter what. Because look at verse 6. Verse 6. Don't give to dogs what's sacred. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. He says you're going to need to make decisions. You're going to need to make a judgment call. Where are the pigs? Where are the dogs? When are you in this situation? When do you need to pull back? 
I don't have time to go in detail, but again, this is later in the same passage. He talks about in verse 15 onwards, you're going to need to make the judgment call. Who's the true prophet? Who's the false prophet? Who's the sheep and who's the sheep in wolf's clothing? Who's the wolf in sheep's clothing? That is, there is a difference between making a judgment call and being judgmental. And so Jesus goes on to illustrate what he means by this. And he kind of, it's kind of comical, the situation he, he, he presents to us. Like there's a guy there who's got a log, a whole log stuck in his eye. And you think, well, how can you see anything? But with this log stuck in the guy, with his eye, the guy goes to his friend and he says, I can see you've got a splinter in your eye. Let me get it out. That's ridiculous, isn't it? You've got to get the log out of your own eye first. Jesus is showing us the difference here between a judgment call and being judgmental. In life, friends, you are going to need to make judgment calls. It's part of life. No one can just accept everything. You've got to decide if things are right and wrong. And that is not being judgmental. Often you you might get called out for judging others when you make a decision about what's right and wrong. That's often just because they've made a different judgment call than you have. Being judgmental is about being overly harsh. It's about being intentionally critical acting as if you are better than those that you are judging it's forgetting the log that's in your own eye and so it always involves hypocrisy verse 5 you hypocrite first take the plank out of your own eye and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye you see there's a difference here everyone has to make judgment calls that's part and parcel of life And even more so if we follow Jesus, because remember we're on this different path in life. We're going to make different calls than a lot of our society will. But Jesus is warning his followers, when you do that, when you make the judgment call, don't be the hypocrite. Don't have that overly harsh desire just to tear someone down. Beware of being judgmental. Let me try and give you an example of this. Now, I I know you're not going to believe me here. But when I was younger, me and my brother, we didn't always get along. Shocking, yes, I know, I can tell you, stunned silence. There were times when it didn't matter what he did, but I'd I'd just take it in a negative way all the time. So he'd do whatever he did, and I'd think to myself, oh, look, he's just trying to annoy me. Well, you know, in in the bathroom, he'd leave the toothpaste lying around, and I'd be like, he's just so lazy, this guy. Some, sometimes he'd even do nice things, good things, and I'd think to myself, he's just trying to, he's trying to suck up, isn't he now? Suck up to me or mum or dad or sister. It's not authentic. So I had an attitude of judgment towards my brother. Nothing he, 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 he could do was right. Why couldn't he be more like me who never did any of that kind of thing? Now, that might be somewhat trivial, a little bit of sibling rivalry. And it's not very nice, and, and, and I'm sure it drove our mum up the wall. It was something I needed to change. Um, but, but let's take a, perhaps a more real-world thing now for us. What happens then when I'm at work? And you know, at work I'm committed to following the path of Jesus, and I'm not trying to hide this. I'm not trying to fly under the radar here. But what happens when... I, me and my workmate are talking and and he finds out that I think differently about some hot topic issue of the day. Say, for example, human sexuality. What happens when he finds out we think differently about that? 
And what happens if I start to get an idea that he's bad-mouthing me to some other people in the workplace because of what I think and where we're different? And, and what happens if, if I start to sense that I've lost a bit of credibility with my colleagues because of this? And what happens if I start to cop a bit of flack for it? What happens if I start to get maybe even treated differently for it? How am I going to react then? Am I going to have an attitude of being judgmental? Where I start to think the worst of others. Start to tear them down in my mind. And perhaps just a little bit every now and again in my words too. Will I become argumentative? Will I start speaking down to others? Will I start treating the rest of my workplace like... I'm right and they are wrong. Or can I still be gentle? Can I still be loving and, 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 and gracious? I don't want to cave in, but can I honour Jesus not just with what I believe and what I say, but also with how I live and how I respond when it's tough? Look, friends, doing that is going to be hard. It's going to be tough. That's what it's going to be like when we're walking down this different path of following Jesus. Over time, it's going to wear. It's going to be wearing and there's times when you're going to be unsure. What decision should I make here? What judgment call do I need to make? And there will be times when it's tough to be patient and gentle and loving. What do you do? What do you do when it's tough? Jesus' reminder here is simple. Jesus reminds us to pray. Next week, Jesus is going to say, you need to listen to my words, but I'm not going to get getting ahead to next week. For today, we need to hear this. Following Jesus can be tough, so we pray. That's really what verse 7 reminds us of. Verse 7, ask it be given to you, seek you'll find, knock and the door will be opened to you. Those words are asking, seeking, knocking. It's all about praying. We're urged to keep praying. And Jesus also reminds us of God's good character then in a couple of verses later. He is, he is our heavenly Father. He is the one who, who gives gifts and, and who gives good gifts to those who ask. So when it's tough, when we're not sure which judgment call to make, when we're feeling worn down because we're just so often so different to our world, when that happens, friends, where do you turn? Where do you turn? Where do you go? Jesus' encouragement to us is, at one level, very simple, but very, very profound. He says, keep praying to your good heavenly Father. Wouldn't it be great if that was our knee-jerk reaction all the time, that, 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 that our kind of automatic reaction was just to pray? You know, having that attitude where you're thinking, this is tough and we really need God's help, so just let's, let's pray. Um, or, or in that moment when you think, I don't, know, I don't know what to do, I don't know which judgment call to make, but I know God is good, I'm going to pray to him right now. I reckon for me, when things are tough, my instinct is to go, how do I fix this? What's the thing I can do to fix the problem? 
Jesus telling me, hang on a minute, pray. Pray to your good heavenly Father. That's the kind of thing I've been thinking about this week. Prayer. And I was reminded of an old hymn. Perhaps you know it. It's called, um, uh, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And, and the old hymn is really just a simple reminder telling us to do what Jesus has just told us to do. It's a simple reminder to keep praying. Today, I wanted to end by reading it aloud to you. I think the words here are really helpful. They point us back to no matter the, the difficult times, the, the tough situations we find ourselves in, we need to pray. Here are the words. Read them. I'll, I'll read them out for you. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Ah, oh, what peace we often forfeit and what needless pain we bear all because we just don't carry everything to God in prayer. Have we got trials and temptations? Is, is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Saviour, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. And this was really the bit that got me. Do your friends despise, forsake you? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms, he'll take and shield you. And you will find a solace there. Let's pray. Oh God, our God, we thank you for Jesus, our Saviour. We thank you that he brings us life and health and everything. We praise you for the goodness that he brings. And yet his word has told us sometimes it can be tough following him and we've experienced that in different ways. Our Lord, our God, our prayer is that you would keep us now walking the narrow path, following Jesus with life. Our prayer, Father, is for your help to make judgment calls that show we're following Jesus, even when that's hard, and help us to be loving and gentle and patient and kind when we rub up against those who've made different judgment calls. Father, show us how good it is to pray. Help us do that. We need you, our Lord and God, in this life. Please be with us, we ask. In the name of Jesus. Amen.